Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Morning, Paige. Good afternoon, Mom. Because <laughs> it is way, way in the afternoon because it's like 4.30. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Um, so let's try this take two because my computer just randomly turned off in the middle of our recording. Um, so um, you researched creativity and yes. neurodiversities. Yes. Um, and I think that's nice to do like sometimes to do like a topic that's a little more upbeat or lifting or reminds people like having a neurodiversity is not a bad thing. Um, so um, when I work with my clients, regardless of what neurodiversity they have, their um, creativity almost always comes up in their um, via strengths as um one of their like signature strengths or something that's a, like a go-to kind of thing for them. And so I just wanted to read that definition and then we'll kind of jump into what you learned. Um, but that definition is um, thinking of novel and productive ways to conceptualize and do things includes artistic achievement, but is not limited to it. So I think that's just important because some of my clients are surprised when they see um, creativity on there because they don't feel like they're creative because maybe they, you know, work in a field that's not artistic, but um, they're still sort of <clears throat> creative because they're thinking outside the box in other ways. So what did you find out? Okay. Um watched a, ow <laughs> i'm sorry i poked your bruise that was mean <laughs> i just wanted to see if it hurt <laughs> yeah um so i watched a video on how uh, how to adhd did video on creativity and her definition that she used for creativity is that it wasn't just about creating so it's not just about like painting or drawing or sculpting but it's also about problem solving thinking outside of the box and coming up with novel ideas um so for adhd slash autism because the two are well yeah the two like had similar things so mm -hmm. i just put them together um in the video for how to ADHD for ADHD, um, she talked about three different types of creativity that people with ADHD specifically are good at, mm -hmm. tend to be good at. So there's divergent thinking, so like brainstorming. Yep. Um, conceptual expansion. She said what that was, but I don't remember what it was, and I couldn't understand her enough to write it down. She was okay. talking really fast. We'll post the video or her thing in our description so that people yes. can see out what that is. And then there was also coming up with over or sorry, overcoming knowledge constraints. Okay. It also didn't catch what the meaning I'll of that was. I'll just figure it out what it means. 
overcoming knowledge overcoming knowledge restraints so like just because they don't fully understand something they figure out a workaround oh, yeah. yeah yeah right yeah um and, and how the things that we struggle with when you have ADHD so like impulsivity attention stuff like that I think there's just like um a positive way to phrase all those things though right like yes people with ADHD are supposed to be impulsive yes, and that's yes, supposed yes, to be yes, a bad thing but yes, but I'm let me get let me finish the oh, rest. okay I had those the same things thought, so. help us be creative because you're more right. likely to like like a person with ADHD is more likely to start their own business mm-hmm. just, just for like the, the thrill of it I guess yeah. but that is a creative you know thing so that's a positive that's a positive thing. that's a positive use of risky behavior yes right so I was gonna say the like I think the vocabulary that we use is important right and so doctors use the term impulsive or impulsive behavior but if you wanted to make that sound more positive you could just use language like they're spontaneous or they're or they're passionate or they're enthusiastic and all of those sort of mean the same thing but they have a much more positive connotation to them yes and then um you're not like always creative 24 7 it depends on your environment and what you're doing Mm -hmm. so same thing with like your attention you're not going to pay attention if you don't like it Mm -hmm. so you're not going to have really those creative juices flowing if you find something that's boring and then some people I guess um feel like their medicine wears down them like their creativeness because it's like making your brain be more focused but it's not necessarily like you I feel like it doesn't affect me like that I feel like I could still be creative even though the like all of the ideas aren't like jumping around in your head um I think it just depends on the person yeah. Right. I mean, I definitely, I used to coach a guy who was a, he worked in an agency, an ad agency, and he was like the director of that, of the artist, artistic department. And he always took his meds and he was definitely creative, right? Like that's basically what he did for a living was to be creative mm-hmm. all day long. But then I've also had a client who worked in the development department of Google and he never took meds unless he had a meeting with his boss oh. because he thought it made him not creative, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's... Depends. Yeah, I think it just really depends on so, the person. Um, we're good at divergent thinking, but we're Obviously. not so good at convergent thinking, no. which is narrowing down ideas, right. which is why you probably have a lots of projects that you've started, but have never finished. Well, it's sort of like this idea of like, a funnel, right? So if you're doing convergent thinking, you have like all these things at the big wide part of the funnel and you're trying to get to one specific narrow thing at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. That's convergent thinking. Divergent thinking is basically like if you flip it and you have this one thing and then you start asking as you go down to the wider part, you're you you're asking different- like, what if? what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, right? And that's how it gets really wide, right? Yes. So all neurodivergence are better at divergent thinking, hence the term neurodivergent. So overthinking. Not overthinking, just 
they they they're curious and they ask like what if what if this oh, what yeah. if that what if I, suppose, I what I if what if so. what if what if really so actually quite narrow small. things down they're trying to always widen things out to see what the like most possibilities are which is that's why brainstorming works for them right because yes it's a what if question um and then for the autism um so there, if, the article wasn't very good at describing this. So I just used my logic to assume what they were trying to do. Okay. Um, so pages assumptions. Pages assumptions based off of this um, study that was done. So it said how um, they had this test, the Journal of Autism and Developmental Disorders. Okay. Which is, I don't know, um, found a strong link between autism and creativity. The people with more autistic traits, whatever mm -hmm. that's supposed to mean, more autistic traits, um, came up who are more significantly more impacted. Yeah. I see. Okay. Um, came up with um, the more creative ways to use a paperclip. They didn't have like a lot of ideas. They just had their ideas were like more creative. The most unique. The most unique <laughs> and abnormal ways to use a paperclip. Okay. Um see a lot of the articles for autism either said that they weren't creative at all or that they were just divergently creative and that they've had ideas, they just didn't have as many as others, other people. Or less autistic people, or I don't know what you're saying because I they think, were. I don't know who they were like comparing them to. I, I didn't think say. that's interesting because I think people who are autistic are extremely creative. That's what I thought too. That's why right? I, was, like, I mean, super just creepy. like just because of the people that I know that are autistic that I've worked with, right? So when I was a substitute teacher, often my job was to like scribe while a student like was telling a story that he was that making up for a LA class. Well, I mean, I can spell better than a well, right, sixth right, grader right, usually. Right, 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 right. Like if the story was exciting, he would be talking really quickly. He, he would talk rather quickly, but but his stories were amazing. Right, and he was fine. I'd be like, hold on, hold on. I have I to mean, write it down. Oh, yes. Remember? His stories were great. But then, but then like I have a bunch of clients who are, you know, uh, software engineers or who um, have other jobs that really require them to think outside of the block, but, but box, that, that's the word, right? Or just all of the Silicon Valley where technology really comes from, right? Yes. Um, like, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have computers or cell phones if it wasn't for some autistic person. Like, yes. I, I'm pretty sure you can trace those back to people who have mm -hmm. autism. If not, then to people who have dyslexia or ADHD. ADHD. And I'd say that across the board in any major field or study uh, um, that you can trace back any big advancements to people who are one of those three diagnoses. So that's just my... Remember when we went to the... Um, when I was doing my whole autism test thing? And they, they told me to, like, tell them a story. 
Mm-hmm. And I had like Mr. Wait, I think it was like Timmy, little Timmy. And I had like this whole elaborate story. Mm-hmm. That, I remember. That, that's just like you just said, like he, the children would come up with mm-hmm. stories. They would come I'm up good at stories. telling stories. And even, even Tyler, or yeah, I, uh, I don't a know. Friend. A friend. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend was even like, Paige, I love how creative you are. Cause I like, it came up with these like elaborate stories. Awesome. What else did you find um, out? Oh yeah, and then I don't know how I don't know how recent the how to ADHD video was. I didn't think to look. I just like clicked on it and was like, oh she she'll have information. But she said that there wasn't that much like research about it, but she would like do videos as she found as she out. found stuff that I haven't seen any sense. But I'm going to assume that it's probably still something that they are potentially working on. Um, let's see here. Dyslexia. Yes. So there was researchers at University of Colum- or Cambridge found in a study that people with dyslexia have enhanced abilities. That's right. In certain areas, including discovery, invention, and creativity. And that this explorative, explorer, the, the explorative one, the explorative bias plays uh-huh. an important role in human um, survival and right. helped us, like, adapt. Yep. So I guess uh, so we talked about y'all are before. more evolved, I guess, than the rest of humanity. You can rub that in people's faces, mom. And people thought we weren't, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, just like there are tons of people who are um, well known who are uh, who work in the creative field, right? Like there were lots of Steven Spielberg that they, that they gave when I did dyslexia. Yeah. They listed so. So like Steven Spielberg, Picasso was something. I I've never heard Picasso that, but is... Da Vinci um, is well known to be um, dyslexic. Everybody really wants to claim Einstein. And I'm something. <laughs> right? Something, so maybe he was multiple neurodiversities, but backwards. everybody wants to claim that he belongs to their group. Um, Einstein's cool. There's a ton of authors which you wouldn't think like people who really struggled learning to read and write who are now authors, authors because people That's so there are like different kinds of I dyslexia so there are people want to do there are people who are dyslexic who think in narratives so they think in stories oh, okay there are people who are dyslexic who are systems thinkers so they're constantly making connections between things that other people wouldn't think connect and then there's like people who um i don't remember what this one's called but it's people who are dyslexic who like have these great like mathematical minds but they see it in a really unique different way i mean i'm more of a systems thinker and a narrative so i think in a story like i think in pictures right right so that's what that middle one, the conceptual expansion was, mm. was it was coming, was finding two things and putting them together. So she used her YouTube right. example, her YouTube channel as an example to take research done about ADHD and putting it into a YouTube. 
channel. Right. That's what it was. There you go. See, you had, for example, I just didn't remember. Okay. And then there was this other one um, for dyslexia. Um, professional astrophysicists with and without a, um, dyslexia were tested on their abilities to sp spot particular characteristics in a black hole. And the scientists who had dyslexia, or who have dyslexia, were better at picking out the black hole's characteristics, characteristics from their noise than the ones without. Interesting. I don't know how you can differentiate well, black think, holes from noise. Do they make a noise? Well, they just mean like background stuff that's going on. Okay. Um, there is um, There are all different kinds of like visual skills. And one of them is like visual discrepancy, right? So being able, like those games where it's like spot the difference. Oh, yeah. I rock at those games. I like spot the difference. <laughs> right? like, I used to love those things when I was a kid because they made me feel smart, right? I was like, oh, Except I can get them all. Wall, well, I find Waldo. I always find Waldo. I can, I sometimes I, can find Waldo. And I always cannot. can find Waldo. Waldo sticks out like sore thumb. Um, <laughs> But not everybody sees it, right? So it's that visual discrepancy kind of skill. And I just think that people with um, dyslexia have an abundance of that. If that's where your color thing comes from. It could be. But I if don't you so. are dyslexic and you see more colors than are actual, <laughs> comment <laughs> and let us know. Because I think she makes colors up. I don't make colors up. So... I'll explain this now for everybody. So most people have three cones in their eyes, <clears throat> which allows them to see all the colors that a human is supposed to be able to see. A dog only has two, which is why your dog can't find the green ball in the green grass. You just can't see green. So get a different color ball. Um, and then there are a limited number of people who have four colors, four cones in their eyes. And so they can see more nuances i'll say not like entirely new independent colors like right. but that, that's like not but <clears throat> yeah more nuanced shades so you might think something is like it's so close in shade that you're like yeah of course that's all the same but i see a slight difference that's so there's fun. there are tests that do it and there's yeah. like that's so everybody's fun. done the tests when they go to the diet doctor when they're really young and there's numbers in them and you're supposed to say what oh. numbers there. That's a colorblind test, right? Okay. So, but if you take that test all the way through, there's a hundred examples and mm -hmm. I can do all a hundred examples, but not everybody can. Most people can do like 80 of them, mm -hmm. right? Interesting. If you're not colorblind, if, if you're colorblind, colorblind like you, you could do like maybe one. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, but I would be interested to see if, there's I a disproportionate maybe, number of people who have dyslexia who also have four cones. Maybe it's connected. I don't know. I don't know enough dyslexic. Somebody people. should study that. If you study and research things, you should research study that. that. <laughs> That's what your funding should go to. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, it would be interesting. What else did you find out about? Anything else? Or is that all it your info? It was really all I could. Okay. And how do you feel like, do you feel like you're more creative than the average Joan? I think so. I come up with these elaborate stories. I, I usually don't tell people about them because they're kind of weird. 
But elaborate. But you don't write them down. I don't write them down either, which I should. I have characters, background, background stories for every character. Wow, that's a lot. I come up with all that of these things. Sounds a little bit like maybe I'm a little maladaptive daydreaming, <laughs> oh, but that's no, a different no. episode. No, no, not like that, though. I'm not, like, imagining it. I just, like, when I'm bored, I just come up with these stories. Interesting. <laughs> I, um, cool. I definitely think anything? I'm more creative. No, I just think, you know, I think all of my clients are super creative. They always come up with really creative, unique ideas to, like, move their life forward or to get stuff done right and sometimes sometimes my job is to say it's okay to do that you don't have to do things the way other people do them and then they're like oh okay and then they feel like it's okay to use their creative ideas so it's okay to use your creative ideas you have my permission um and probably everybody else's um and I just feel like even as a kid I felt like there was never a problem I couldn't solve because I'd figure out some way to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So what else? Did you have another thought? Mm, I don't know. I'm not too sure now. Okay. Are we... I'll tell you off, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, If that's all you have, then yes. you can say goodbye, Paige. Why? Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you're interested in emailing us, you can reach us at thendtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to theneurodiversetoolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.